I think the main benefit of crypto is that it removes the barrier of access to financial products all around the world, whether you are bank, unbanked or other bank. What, from my perspective, is the most important is just security. People will feel much more secured with the phone than with the bunch of cards in a physical wallet. So in the end, the boom of digital wallet, the growth, will also open up more and more opportunities for other fintech sectors to be more innovative. And then the ecosystem will be eventually more advanced in the future. Hello and welcome to Shine, a podcast by Star. And in today's episode, we are illuminating the topic of digital wallets. What are the UI and UX considerations? What are the commercial models for these? And what is the difference between custodial and non-custodial wallets? And joining us today is Uriel Uhayon, who is the CEO at Zengo. Yuelina Wisoka, who is an IT business analyst here at Star, and Jiong Li, who is a UX designer here at Star. Let's jump into the discussion, and the first voice you'll hear is that of Uriel. I'm the CEO of Zengo Crypto Wallet, that is a simple and secure, fairly popular wallet. I'm sure we're going to talk more about that, you're going to ask about it, and so uh, I keep the spoilers uh, for later. As a background, I've been an entrepreneur for the past 20 years. I've been living in multiple countries. I've been working in tech forever. I've been playing uh, on both sides of the coin as an investor, as an entrepreneur. And that's it. Now I'm building this company for the past uh, four years. We're here in Tel Aviv, servicing hundreds of thousands of customers around the world in crypto 24-7. And over to you, Jiang. Yeah. Hi, I'm Jiang, a UX designer at Star. I'm specialized in designing various fintech products, ranging from B2B and B2C solutions. So I've designed such as like export financing, wealth management and retirement planning and so on. My expertise is in UX strategy and discovery and delivery of the products. So I'm really excited to have, be with our special guests from different fields to talk about user experience and the development of digital wallet. Thank you for having me. And you, Elena. Hello, my name is Evelina. I'm a business analyst here at STAR. Um, focused mainly on a fintech project. So I'm trying to understand our customer needs and also suggest the best solution that fit their requirements. And after that, I'm translating that into the technical language. So basically, I work very closely with customer and internal teams. Glad to be here. Awesome. Okay, guys. So I want to start off super simple first. And I would love somebody to give me a very short definition of how we describe a digital wallet. Uriel, I'd like to send that over to you first, please. So there is the definition of what it has been historically and now what it is. A digital wallet is a simple interface to send and receive money. And that has been the case for the past 20 years. And money as we know it, dollars, euros, yen, etc. Either for people like us or for enterprises or companies or groups. And so you have multiple companies that are operating a digital wallets like PayPal, Venmo, and 
many, many more cash app, etc. The new definition of digital wallet is a wallet where the user is in control and the asset that is sent is a digital currency that is distributed, decentralized and controlled by the user. And so that's a radically new approach about putting the user in the center in front of the interface and controlling the transactional experience. And so this is the future of what we believe is going to be the digital economy. So it's always an interface. In one case, you are served by a corporation and a centralized structure. In the other, you are in control. Got it. So a simple interface to send and receive money. And what the distinction you made, Oriel, is what you're sending and receiving. And we're going to dig more into the differences in the UI and UX considerations when we get there. My other two guests, I'd like to try and understand a little bit more about why digital wallets, both fiat and crypto, are becoming more popular, let's say, over the past five years. Okay, uh, it's very simple. Our economy is becoming more and more digital. We coming from a real world first economy where everything was, uh, every purchase, every service was physical first, right? To a world where we essentially live more and more in front of screens, whether they are computer screens or whether they are mobile phone screens or watch screens, etc. And so that means that there are more services to be paid for digitally. So we've transitioned from physical wallet to digital wallet with electronic money. And now there is a, a new generation of of economy that is called the web-free economy, the crypto economy, where the assets are decentralized, distributed, what that means in essence, controlled and owned by the users and not by entities and companies. And so the reason this is happening is at the same time because the world is becoming increasingly digital and because we are spending more and more time in front of our screens, but also because the internet is being reinvented where the power is transferred from corporations to individuals. And so that translates into the digital wallet becoming a central part of our life and not an accessory. And so that's why it has happened. And you've seen, and there are some stats about that, but like there is not a single mobile phone today that doesn't have some sort of digital wallet in it. Sometimes something you download, sometimes it's already baked in. Like today, if you have an iPhone or an Android phone, you will have an Apple wallet and a Google wallet. So you don't even have to choose. They're already there. For a crypto wallet, you still have to make a choice, right? We know they're in the phase where platforms tell you what to install. I think definitely the pandemic has really driven our digital first lifestyle. Uh, so we cannot really forget about what has really impacted on our life. And people has been really kind of also forced to use uh, online purchases and also point of sales purchases since the COVID. And at the same time, those uh, digital wallet apps are really serving well to users. I think uh, there are big user groups that uh, digital wallets are serving very well. One is the Gen Z and millennial users. And another part of the group is uh, unbanked or underbanked people. So Gen Z millennial users, they love anything that is just fast and simple. And nowadays the digital wallets are doing it so well. And for those people who couldn't be part of the conventional or a legacy bank system. It also offers a huge opportunity for them to quickly open an account and then do the transfers to their loved ones. So such functionality also really boosted the usage of digital wallets. And if you really compare how simple it is nowadays, the payment transaction compared to the past where you had to go to the bank, I think people are more and people are realizing that how it was a big hassle to go to the bank 
how such a big hassle it was a traditional banking system. So people are now being more open-minded to adapt such a new technology to make their life easier. Another part that I can think of is that when the, when I think of the digital wallet first was came to our life, a lot of people still had doubt about the trust, security. And uh, now as we are using our phones, using biometrics, I think biometrics is one of the things that we can easily imagine that my fingerprint or my face ID is only from me. So I immediately intuitively know that it's going to be secure. So our trust and security has also grown a lot to control my money through apps. I think that also has been driving the uh, digital adoption so fast. And of course, last, I think uh, Aria also could put maybe more into here that adaptation of cryptocurrency has been growing so fast. And that also is a part of success of digital wallet growth. Before we jump into crypto, and I do want to understand the differences in UX considerations for crypto and non-crypto, we're going to get to that. But before, for a digital wallet that isn't necessarily crypto, what do we need to consider if we're going to make something that people are actually going to use? And I think, Jiang, you mentioned one earlier, which is like clean and simple. But are there any other considerations when designing digital wallets to ensure that they are as usable and trustable, I guess, as possible? Yeah, sure. Uh, when it comes to digital wallet in general, whether it's a crypto wallet or not, the simplicity of onboarding is very important. So when I say onboarding, it's not just a couple of screens that users uh, swipe through before they sign up. It includes uh, such a guidance or signing up and going through KYC. And finally, getting my app available for a certain payment or transaction. So until they very first time use the app finally, how fast they can get there is the key of simple onboarding process. I think a lot of apps has been innovating it very well. Nowadays, KYC can be also very short. And also when it comes to crypto wallet, for example, how fast can user get their fiat money transfer to a uh, change to cryptocurrency so they can exchange their crypto will be also key points of crypto wallet onboarding. So when we are designing, we need to really uh, ideate, put our effort to make Simple onboarding, really trying to delete any unnecessary step out of there. While we are making the whole journey simple, it is also important to make the information transparent and also keep our languages very easy to understand. So users know, uh, fully understanding what's going on, what to do, and they're not missing out any important information such as fees or any risks. The more they use the app, the more they trust the more they will trust the app. This is another part of importance when we are designing, building the trust. Another part would be trying to understand users' needs and trying to bring it to digital wallets. So digital wallet, not only you can transfer money and make the transactions, you can go deeper into trying to understand your target user. For example, millennials, they tend to split their bill and you can try to, if once you caught this needs, you can also try to bring this function to the app and some of the apps are already doing it. So such an effort to continuously try to understand the target user's behavior and meet these niche needs would be one point that as a, by designing this, the app can stand out of uh, competence too. Lastly, I think design can also affect on the retention. 
So if we want to make users keep coming back using the app, we also need to figure out what other elements could be affecting on that. For example, a lot of digital wallets are uh, making the use of loyalty program. So we can try to make some bonuses or points on every payment, for example, and then they will keep coming back to accumulate and use the loyalty bonus. And other apps, they really make the best use of gamification. So accumulating loyalty or making transfer is like a game and is fun. So gamification can be also one part of important factor to consider. Yeah, I think I've already explained quite a few points to when it comes to designing digital wallets. So if you want to add some more. I believe that what is the most important is simplicity and the trust. So the application will be very intuitive to be used. So like user when logging into application doesn't need to have any instruction how to use it, but he will just immediately know where to go to do different kind of actions. So this is important. So no feature is really hidden for the user and he needs to some kind of support to find out where to find different uh, stuff in the app. And another thing I would also like highlight is the trust. So I remember when I first time started to use digital wallets, my biggest concern was like, is this really secure? I mean, where I'm just saving my car details in who will be having access to that car details and etc. So right now working with FinTech, I know that this is like super secure, but within the UX, we also can ensure the user that, hey, this is like super secure. This card number will not be sent to anyone. It will be secured by our application and you can be sure that your money will not be uh, frauded. There is no risk and etc. So I believe that this is very important to make user uh, feel that his money is secure within an app. And all transactions are like we are reducing the risk of making any money transactions within the application. So, yeah. So I want to take that point a little bit further. And Ariel, maybe you can help us here. Because I understand in the crypto world, we can have custodial and non-custodial digital wallets. And so specifically, if like obviously with non-custodial, we have to be very, very careful, I think, about the customer's data because... If that is lost, then the funds will potentially be lost forever. So I'd love to understand how you guys at Zango, I'm not sure if you offer custodial or non-custodial or both, but if you could explain the difference between the two and then considerations around UI between the two as well. Sure. So I think it's very important in the world of crypto to make the distinction indeed between custodial and non-custodial. And for the audience who might not be familiar, what custodial means basically is that the service is a bank. It's basically safekeeping whatever they keep for you, right? Whether these are Bitcoins or other type of tokens or NFTs, it doesn't matter. They are essentially banks. It's a database of one and zero that says who owns what. And they have the 100% control on the security, on the withdrawal and deposit policy, on the fee system. And basically, that's the old banking system that is applied to crypto. And in that category, you have companies like Coinbase and Binance and FTX and Crypto.com and all these guys. So it's basically the old world applied to crypto. You have the new world, which is non-custodial. And this is really the most important one. And I will explain why. But it's really about a new architecture, a new trust model, a new type of digital wallet interface and services and security model where the funds are not custodied by a third party, by a bank, 
but are in control of the user and are what's called on-chain, on the blockchain. So they are not hosted into a database, but they are distributed uh, in a, on a set of computers. And the wallet is the interface that lets you access and see those funds that you own. And all of that is controlled by what's called a private key, right? So typically a wallet is a login and a password and that you access to a database that you don't see, but it's there. And on a non-custodial wallet, you basically have a public key, which is equivalent of an email address or an IBAN or bank account, but a private key, which is a very, very long and complex password that gives you control to that wallet. And that wallet is the interface to control your funds. So we are in the second category, but I would add that we've pushed the button even further. We have actually invented a new category because the problem with digital wallet in crypto right now is that you ask the user to be in charge of his own bank, to become his own bank and to control his own password and his private key as in seed phrase. So in other terms, you ask the user to become a security expert. And the reality is that most people either don't know how to do it or at some point will lose their funds because it's extremely complicated to be a good security expert. You will make a mistake. You will forget what you put your private key. You think you saved it's safely, but it's actually in a very unsafe environment. You will lose your memory, many, many type of things that can happen. And so all the wallets today in that space, whether they are mobile wallets, hardware wallets, extensions, they are all asking to the user, be a security expert, and no one is. And so that translates into either a disaster or just a very, very big point of friction when it comes to onboarding new users that are intimidated by that system. And the reason it matters is because there is only one way to participate in crypto, is to have a real wallet. You need to have a wallet because otherwise you cannot participate into that economy fully. You would be disconnected. It's as if you were trying to drive a car, but all you can drive is into a parking. So you need to have a wallet, but the wallets today are not well equipped. So we have invented a new way to do digital wallets. So maybe I can take like a few seconds to explain, but we have completely replaced the private key and the security management with a passwordless authentication system. It's the first system in the world where you do not have at the onboarding level any necessary, uh, at any necessary moment, a requirement to write a password, to remember a password, to write down something, to store something. And we have replaced that with advanced cryptography. It's called multi-party computation and authentication based on passwordless systems, including biometrics. Not the biometrics of your device, which cannot be ported, but liveness biometrics. In other terms, we've created a simple system that is secure to onboard, that cannot be lost, that cannot be copied, that is associated to you no matter what. And that is radically changing the game when it comes to doing crypto, to onboard someone to a crypto wallet. And so you have like what's called like a cold wallet, which is a kind of a USB stick where you keep your private key safe from the internet. You have a hot wallet, which is usually, well, let's call that a software wallet, right? An extension, a mobile app. And we have invented a new category called the chill wallet or the chill storage, where you have access to an on-chain wallet that you control, but you are not in a cold or hot environment. You are in a safe environment where you never expose a private key or the risk of losing it. And so that's what we've built. That's our contribution to the industry. And it's a little revolution into how you onboard people to crypto. 
I'm really surprised hearing what you just said, because this is like, it really seems like a revolution to not using password and have this like uh, no password environment, which is very interesting. So just one question, when you are onboarding a user, they need to immediately provide the biometrics in order to start onboarding, how it works with this no password environment. So it's, you have three simple steps that are extremely fast. You hardly notice it. You provide an email, right? So that's the point of contact, but you don't need to post, provide any password. So provide an email, we send you a magic link, step number one. Number two, you will grant access to the app to your device biometrics. So whatever, like face ID, touch ID, or passcode, that's the second step. And the third step to activate. So here you are in the wallet already. Okay, so you are in the wallet, you see the wallet, everything is at zero. But now if you want to use the wallet, we ask you to create a recovery kit. A recovery kit is what helps you complete the recovery in case you lose your phone or someone steals it or it breaks. And so that third step is a liveness biometrics. It's not the biometrics based on the device, it's a selfie biometrics. So you need a selfie camera. And so it scans your you as a selfie, it's encrypted locally. And that's it. It's done in like two seconds. And then you are in the wallet, you can use it safely. You can delete the app, you can lose the device, you can and you just can restore it on any other phone in a snap. So it, like it's super simple. It's passwordless completely from A to Z because there's nothing to write down. And only you can access to your account because ultimately the last stage of verification is some is a system that looks that you are looking alive like you. And so it doesn't work with pictures. It doesn't work with videos. It doesn't work with 3D masks, even the most sophisticated one. So that's how it works. And it's actually so simple that most people don't even realize it because they are used to kind of creating passwords. Many times they have to create a second factor authentication to secure their account. And many times they have to kind of have like, especially in digital wallets in crypto, you have to write those 24 words and imagine someone that only has a mobile phone, right? There's, like, there's no way you can do that because after that you have to verify that and people do screenshots with which they upload in a safe environment. Never have to do that. Here, all that is gone away. This is the past. Those are fax machines. We've built a system where you just download the app, you enter your email, you give a permission to your device, you scan your selfie biometrics, all that takes 20 seconds, and you have a fully secure crypto wallet that cannot be lost and that cannot be stolen. So we believe that this is the future, and this is how... I don't know if this is the model for every other wallet, but this is the type of future that we believe is going to be important. If you see, for example, what Apple has just announced at their last WWDC conference, announced passkeys, which is a new system that removes completely password and replace it with local biometrics. So we believe this is the direction into the world is going. And I think we are a step ahead of most people in the in the space. Yeah, that's definitely something that is uh, like, you know, a little bit ahead of uh, what others are doing. Yeah, thanks for, for explanation. Uh, really interesting. Of course. All right, I want to transition away from design and a little bit more onto the commercials. So for both crypto and non-crypto digital wallets, what are some of the ways that we are able to monetize and therefore build better products? Because that's ultimately how we're going to build better products is by somehow monetizing and then reinvesting back into the product. You know, traditionally, uh, crypto wallets, I mean, I don't know for the world of wallets, I'm going to let experts talk about that. I assume some of them like, you know, take at some point fees or charge for services. But I will talk about what I know about the world of digital wallets and crypto. Uh, most crypto wallets are completely free, except hardware wallets. So hardware wallet is a USB stick you buy once and then everything is free. 
And so they make money by selling the hardware wallet. But in software wallets, or whether they are hot wallet or chill wallets like us, the software is completely free. So there is no cost to, to start a, an account, right? So you get there, it's free. However, inside the wallet, of course, you can send and receive, and this is free. And unlike the world of traditional finance in crypto, there is no net uh, transactional fees that a wallet can take. There are mining fees, but they are paid to miners. And so we don't make money there. However, there are investment services in the wallet. Uh, it's not just sending and receiving. You can also buy, you can also sell. You can also swap crypto, meaning trading crypto. You can earn in deposit in passive account. And finally, you have also uh, the ability to, to stake uh, cryptocurrencies, to give it in delegation and earn rewards for it. So in all those products, we take a cut in the commission that we make. Right, and it's transparently displayed to the user. And so it's basically a sort of banking model, but applied to the new world. Banking model in a sense, like we take a fee every time there is an investment. You know, when you make a loan somewhere, they take a fee. When you buy Forex exchange, you take a fee. Same thing here. So it's very straightforward. And this is how we generate revenue, substantial revenues, and it's growing. Other wallets have different form of monetizing. Some wallets have decided to have a special token a special coin that gives you grants you certain benefits. And so it's not, I don't think it's a good idea, but some people do that. And so they sell that coin to add utility to the wallet. And I, I believe in the future, there will be more and more premium services sold by those wallets. Because if you think about a wallet, it's basically a trusted interface where every journey, every financial journey, whether this is real world or digital world starts. And so since you are the point of start and the point of end of that journey, there is a lot of value you can capture down the road, right? And so basically that's the principle about how wallets make money or can make money. Got it. So we're we're building a software to incentivize users to put their funds in our wallet. That's all free. But once typically once people have funds in a wallet, they're going to be doing something with them, trading, investing. And then when they do that, we can take a cut. That's one model. The other model, which I think, now I'm not sure if they have this in the crypto space, but is to provide services. Again, once someone has money in there and they want to do other things with that money that isn't investing or staking or trading, I guess, then the, the wallet would charge. Yeah. The typical things how digital wallet monetizing their service is that, first of all, user can activate some loyalty programs or coupons that is connected to different, many different merchants. So those digital wallets get fees from the merchants. So the more consumers and merchants are connected, then the digital wallet apps will also gain more profit from there. Another point is that some digital wallet apps also monetize from the taking fee from credit card usage. So whereas a debit card use is a transaction is free, credit cards uh, is a, can be not free of charge. So the transaction can still be uh, charging some fees there. So that's the typical way of monetizing the digital wallet service at the moment. And I think, as I already mentioned, the digital wallet, the way I see in the future, how it will develop is that the wallet itself will become a kind of platform where they offer not only just transaction, but also a financial service. So it's going to be a platform for open finance, uh, which means uh, when it comes to fintech service, there's so many different services. We already mentioned about the lending or mortgage. There can be also wealth management, retirement planning, and so on and so forth. So while digital wallet becoming a platform for this financial service for individual, there will be a lot of potential ways to monetize uh, those different services. 
What I would just add is like when it comes to the monetization, it's like some digital wallets are still like charging customers when they are doing some fast transfers. So just immediate transfers or when they are doing ATM transactions that are done on the ATM, which is outside of the network. So this is also, I would say, like typical way how uh, banks or owners of digital wallets are earning money right now as well. So just to add to what Jiang said, but in general, like I think that the goal of digital wallets is to make as many as possible those standard actions user can make on the digital wallet for free and then to charge for investment or, for example, for having a deal with the merchants who are offering some kind of rewards. Uh, so basically, it's more transparent for the user. Awesome. Now, so we've covered UX, UI considerations for both non-crypto and crypto wallets. We've also covered commercial, e.g. business models. What I'd like to finish with, guys, is both crypto and non-crypto. What will the evolution and the increased adoption of digital wallets, like what impact is that going to have on the planet? Like how is the world going to be better in like five years once a lot more people are using both crypto wallets, Uriel will come to you for that, and non-crypto wallets? I think the main benefit of crypto is that it removes the barrier of access to financial products all around the world, whether you are bank, unbanked or other banked. Or, you know, think about it, even like in extreme cases, like, you know, kids, Right. Uh, you know, why kids shouldn't have a, a bank account very easily to transact with their friends and, you know, under the supervision of their parents, of course. But it's like near impossible today to have a bank account if you're a kid or if you are an immigrant or even if you live in your country and you don't have like a special like social status. And in certain countries, if you are of certain religion or sexual preference. So I think it's like crypto is just enabling access to a way bigger scale, whether the banking system is available or not, or whether your national currency enables it or not. And this at a, at a global scale, that's number one. Number two, I think there is a new generation of, of financial services and services in general that enable creators to uh, to enjoy in a better way, in more fair way, uh, the fruit of their work. And that can happen through blockchain services, in particular with the world of NFTs, I think is going to be fundamental and going to change the way people think about creation and creators. And so when you think about it, it's going to, the, the idea that you're going to remove intermediaries, not just banks as intermediaries, but all the intermediaries in the value chain of creation, right? Think about movie labels and music labels and distribution platforms like Apple and Spotify and enable the creator to be directly in relation through a protocol, a blockchain protocol with his users, his fans, and enjoy directly the revenues from them, enabling them to earn more money and on a higher frequency basis is a game changer in terms of economy. And for that, wallet is a primary tool, right? Both at the side, on the side of the creator and the side of the user. So I think it's a second it's a kind of step stone to how it can affect society. And when you see the world we live in, where you know trust in governments, trust in financial institutions, trust in the fiat monetary system, which has been abused and you know, money printed for decades, and that results into massive inflation and taxes, people want an, an, a way to opt out, right? People want a way to opt out for their system. And for the first time in the history of humanity, there is the possibility to opt out. There was never such possibility. You, as you had always 
a system to opt in by default and the only option. So I think this is a great path forward. I mean, we're still early in the in the revolution, but I think we still that we still see that in the making. I will definitely comment on this more typical currency, which is fiat, so digital wallets. So I believe that the, when it comes to the future of e-wallet, it will become more and more popular. And like, I believe that the reason why it will become, what it will cause is like much more safer and secure transaction, like financial transaction, definitely. And this is something I believe it's worth to mention that when we have a digital wallet, we do not risk that we will lose our physical wallet and our cards will be stolen and used by someone. So basically, we are just eliminating that risk. This is one thing. Another thing is that it's making our life easier because we don't need to uh, remember, you know, a lot of different passwords. We only have one password to the phone or basically we are, most of us, we are unlocking our phone with biometrics, which is much more easier than it used to be. And this is also secured because we need to confirm the usage of a card with biometrics. So it's like much more secure. And basically it's also like digital wallets for the future. They also give a lot of advantages to merchants because like all the transaction is much more faster than with a cash transaction. So basically I see like a lot of advantages when it comes to the digital wallets and like from the user experience is also much more faster and also user can benefit from all those rewards that Jiang already mentioned. So like from my perspective, it will be more and more used. And what from my perspective is the most important is just security. People will feel much more secured with the phone than with the bunch of cards in a physical wallet. Digital wallet is becoming an essential app for everybody's daily financial life. So it's going to become a super app. You probably also heard about the term. The way it's going to become a super app, also it will develop into different directions. First of all, it will become everyday app that has also different functions than uh, finance. So you, I think some apps already can. You can save some different tickets for a concert or any other airplane ticket and so on. Receipts, of course, you can save in there. And right now in European government, they are also trying to develop such a system that you can save your ID into a digital form and then you can save it into wallets. Such a digital ID will also be potentially part of wallets, which means that potentially the KYC process of different financial system services can be also reduced if user can simply just take out a digital ID. People also say can wallet can have uh, health records, so if it's uh, become more advanced. So in general, wallet uh, is going to become a daily app. And I can see it's going to be the most essential app in our life. Apart from that, I think it's also the reason of monetizing chances. More and more apps are developing optimal shopping experiences. So some apps, some apps, you can already find some good shopping deals and so on. You can also book a travel, airplane, accommodations. And you probably also heard about what Apple does. It's combining wallet with BMPL, buy now, pay later. And I think it's also going to, it's obviously going to add more benefit to users' shopping behavior. And therefore, BMPL merging is also going to be one part of a trend that I can see. Another part of is that, so... 
basically, wallet is offering more possibilities, whatever users do with money, more financial opportunities. And crypto is also one part of that. If digital wallet uh, continue to grow, and it's going to be essentially a metaverse wallet where you can save your NFTs also in your wallet. So it all combines uh, with the current innovation with the cryptocurrency. And uh, as I already mentioned, it gives more freedom to handle that. And lastly, uh, while the digital wallet becoming so important in our life, people will experience the optimal financial services digitally. That means not only from the wallet, but also in all different sectors of finance, they will be expecting something advanced like this. They'll be expecting something faster, something simpler. Uh, I think you user will be likely resist on using any kind of uh, hassle, full of hassles and traditional slow process anymore. So in the end, the boom of digital wallet, the growth will also open up more and more opportunities for other fintech sectors to be more innovative. And then the ecosystem will be eventually more advanced in the future. Awesome, guys. So I feel like we straddled the line or we illuminated both crypto and non-crypto wallets, the UI considerations and commercials. Jiang, thank you for the extensive notes on UX, UI considerations for digital wallets. You're welcome. Yurelina, I enjoyed your focus on security, which I also agree is possibly going to be one of the most important factors over the coming years. And Uriel, thank you for enlightening the differences between the cold and hot wallet and now the new type of wallet, the chill wallet. So Guy, thank you so much for coming on the show. Pleasure. You're welcome. As ever, thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Shine. I feel like we gave a great overview of the UI and UX considerations for both digital wallets and crypto digital wallets. We also explored the difference between the custodial and non-custodial crypto wallets and then gave an interesting overview also of the commercial and business models for these types of wallets. And then finally explained what we expect for the future from this field. So if you are in the world of digital wallets or want to get into the world of digital wallets, I hope this episode has been interesting and insightful for you. Thank you so much for listening. <music>